But uh, as far as like music wise, I need uh, my kind of baseline is to to see a, a ID vault or, or a whip uh, a comprehensive uh, whip list of 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 tracks that are ready to be pitched to demos or pitched to labels or ready to come out uh, with the volume of like ten to fifteen. That's what I'd like to see at this point. Um, ultimately, it all goes back to like we want to be before anything moves forward on a management front we need to be confident that this project is at a place where it could carry be self-sustaining with where it's at for a year of operating um and that that goes to the branding that goes to the marketing that goes to the the volume of tracks that are ready to go goes to the workflow of how long is it taking you to, to bust out a track um you know comprehensively what what do all those things look like what are your goals for your project? What is your work work life and and uh, recreational balance? Do you have are your parents is your family supportive of this? What is your dynamic? Is this a healthy thing for you to be pursuing? Are you in a good mental place to commit time to this? Are you getting pushback for doing this? Hey guys, welcome to Electronic Dance Money, your number one business resource for making money as electronic musicians and producers. All right, what is up, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Electronic Dance Money, and this is going to be a fun episode. I've actually been waiting for this episode to happen since Illfest in September when we first chatted, um, but we finally got something scheduled, something together. I'm here with Justin Benedict. How are you doing, buddy? Doing great, brother. Thanks for having me on. Of What's course. Up, and you are, so you own Viridian Management, which is local to Austin, Texas, but you're also now a new owner, part owner in, um, in, uh, not Disco Donnie, Mark, uh, Kingdom, Kingdom Nightclub. I'm, uh, one of, one of the owners. Um, yeah. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely stay, stay busier than I would like to, but, but all good things. I'm also one of the town buyers and director of operations for Mark My Words. We're one of the That's biggest right, yeah. independent promoters in central Texas. I'm one of the owners of Kingdom Nightclub, um, which uh, I think this is our fourth month open, and it's doing great. I think it's one of the best uh, 600 cap rooms in the state, Uh, so definitely check it out if you get the chance to. And then uh, kind of my passion uh, project of the last two years, I'm the owner of Viridian Management, which is a local artist management company based out of Austin. Yeah, and uh, dude, Kingdom, the new Kingdom, because I went to the old Kingdom all the fucking time. My my family, specifically my dad, super into like tech house, minimal house shit. That's all he fucking lives in. Your, your dad to went life. to Kingdom? You, you took him to the show? Yeah, I took him to oh, Kingdom. Man. My parents actually flew out just to see Mark Knight, and this was in May of 2018, like the second week. And... I've never been a big like tech house, techno house person. That's never been like my forte. I've always loved progressive house and like the cliche mainstream house music. But um, so I didn't really know who Mark Knight was. My dad was like, just fucking wait. This is going to be fucking crazy. And especially in Kingdom, like my dad's known about Kingdom forever. He's always wanted to go there. I moved here in 2016 
And so I think since I moved there, he was like looking at venues and he's like, dude, Kingdom's the fucking shit. I want to go there. And so Mark Knight was coming to town. He's like, we're fucking making a trip out of it. My mom and him came down. They spent uh, like a week with us or something. We went and saw Mark Knight. That was fucking crazy. And that was in the old kingdom where it's just, I mean, you know, like I've never people. been in such a small room where there's absolutely no problem. You, you know, I go to like stubs and I can't, so I'm getting, you know, na- nasty looks if I try to move at all. And then you could go to kingdom on a Friday night and just, it's a 300 cap room and you just migrate to the, to the front. I'd put my, I'd record, I'd just straight up put my phone on mm-hmm. the booth and record some great acts, you know? And they're, that, right there. they're right there and, and nobody there's room it, it just had such a special special underground you know and uh european industrial type yes. of vibe that was really sick and i feel like we've done a good job of replicating that and yep. and adding to it in the new room so i think it's definitely something special it's funny that you i also just a little little side note here because I, I resonate with you bringing your dad to the club i've my parents uh, are super supportive of of me diving into the the music industry life, and uh, they come here a couple times a year. And I've I've brought them to Vulcan Gas Company for Funk Case and like shows that they have absolutely no interest in. You know, my dad loves trance, like above and beyond, and stuff like that is something that we really connect on. But um, it, it's funny that just seeing them at, at a dubstep show and, and the amount of tequila my dad has to drink to get through that is a, is a feat in itself. So that's, <laughs> I actually, funny, funny enough, you mentioned that it's the same way with, with my dad. It's like he, the bass music and it's even like the trance stuff. He's like, I not, he, he doesn't like trance, but he likes, you know, Sasha is one of his favorite mm-hmm. fucking artists. John Digweed loves, loves them. So, um, at my, I think my mom and him flew to, Colorado, there, and I'm from Boise, Idaho. That's where they live. But That's my, a great city. Great city. Um, Idaho is slept on as a state. It's it, fucking beautiful, dude. Idaho, especially North Idaho, Sioux Falls. Like, or, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. Some of the best camping. That's the one thing I miss about Idaho. And my fiance Marty's from Seattle. She's from nice. the Pacific. So it's same thing. Like, yep, you know, yep, yep. she. I love Pacific North. Yeah. The the camping and stuff is the one thing we miss. We go camping here, but it's just not it's the not the same. Yep, yep. So, but. They flew to Colorado, I think it was in like July to go Sasha, go see Sasha and Digweed nice. in Denver. I can't remember the venue they went to, but it was like, I mean, like a 12 hour show. They played for like six oh fucking my gosh, hours. Yes. Yes. You, need a, you need a diaper to, to, to be playing that long. What I, it, that's still a mystery that I ask people and I've never gotten a good answer. How, how they, are the, how are they holding, holding it that long? I have yeah. no, you got to like maybe dehydrate yourself before, but then you're also like dancing. So yeah. it makes no sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, that. I've yet I'm, to see that on a rider, like a you know a, a urination a spittoon on, on underneath. You know, I'll, I'll let you know when I do. Rider. Yes, <laughs> dude, someone wrote on their rider, "I need piss jugs." Fucking, at that point, it's like, yeah, maybe just get some depends. Let's yeah, like, exactly. skip the piss jugs yeah. next to the CDJs and all the thousands of dollars <laughs> worth of gear. But um, it's yeah, you know, I I am really excited to see this because. The last 10 years of producers that have been, been coming up are awesome. I love seeing it. Like the amount of people that are able to produce now and pick it up as a hobby. And I'm what I'm really excited about is seeing the next generation of people grow up with electronic, electronic music. Because I feel like it was a very small percentage of people that grew up in the 90s and maybe the early 2000s that 
may have grown up, you know, they were in their late teens into their twenties into electronic music and kept listening to it though. Cause it was kind of a fad and people went to like underground raves in the nineties, but they didn't much more niche. Yeah. They didn't keep up with it the way that a lot of kids are now where it's like, it's become a lifestyle. So I'm really excited to see the next generation of kids that are grown up on electronic music rather than, you know, 90s grunge bands or hair metal bands from the 80s, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what the generation now grew up on. So I'm interested because, I mean, I think you, you and I are probably pretty rare where it's like, oh, yeah, our parents are into electronic music. Yeah, like yeah. my dad is that's all he listens to is that well i mean they also love tool so it's like either tool oh, or good taste huh? yeah, yeah very good taste. <laughs> that's where i get from but um it runs in the family because my dad was telling me he's like yeah when i was your age i was like the the dude that had the new music that knew the music yeah. everyone would come to me with music choices so it's like there is a music gene i think and it fucking it goes through but um but yeah it's it's interesting because i think like having parents that were so passionate about my passions and pushed me to like dive deep into it. I think that's the reason why I'm able to do shit like that, like fucking record a podcast in my home studio Full circle. man. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's fucking awesome. And so, and my kids are going to grow up with the same environment, uh, but a you know, a deeper environment for love of music. Like my kids are going to grow up seeing me write music and mix music. And, um, my my parents did everything they could to make sure that I was able to get the opportunities that I could and grow in this passion that I have. And I'm really excited to not necessarily push it on my kid, but play up the opportunities. Yeah. That ultimately, I think as a good parent, you don't force anything, but you want to test the waters with as many things as you can and lay up as many good opportunities mm-hmm. for them to pursue those things as you possibly can. So yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I played, I, I grew up in a very musical house. My dad played piano and the flute, strangely, but I, I played trumpet for seven years. Um, I picked up guitar. Uh, it was always part of my life. I, w- I, I was listening to music all day, every day. I was a kid in school with my earbuds in, like, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to listen to my music. Um, so it's it's definitely been a huge part of my life. And and I think we I agree that we're at a, a, a unique uh, time where, where EDM music is a staple and much more ingrained in the culture of the youth to where, where it wasn't really before. Um, I do think that, you know, and, and kudos to, to people like Marshmallow, say, say what you want, take it or leave it. But, you know, making that something that is just introducing kids to EDM music much earlier on, it really opens, opens a door for... You know, we don't know. Ultimately, it gives us a, a greater opportunity as a culture and society to for it to evolve and expand and hopefully become better. Um, but you know, I hope I hope kids still listen to to the Tool and Pink Floyd and to the Police because I think ultimately we're also at a point where a lot of EDM music has become muddled and kind of um, lost uh, its. Um, you know it, it's become it's spark yeah uniqueness it, exactly yeah yeah it's it's kind of been uh um, um there's not many neros there's not many glitch mobs yeah, there's yeah, you yeah. know you know we're talking yeah you're talking about rhythm or tear out or whatever it might be you know it, it's all it's all kind of blending together and and it's losing some of its some of its uh distinctness and uh i think integrating or reintegrating people listening kids continuing to listen to some of the most more classical genres and taking some of those elements from those and putting them into the EDM music, it will be um, ultimately what can give 
subgenres of EDM, a new spark, and help us diversify and, and evolve as as a as EDM music. So hopefully that continues, and uh, it's just a beautiful blend of all those elements. Yeah, I agree totally. There's, a, I mean, you want to talk about? I've got a I've got a guy that he's based out of Oregon, but I'm gonna I'll have to send you his shit, dude. He's a buddy of mine. He um, his name is Rip Kenny. He goes by Rip Kenny. Um, just released his first album. He comes from the school of like Ill Gates and the producer dojo, oh, yeah, and nice. he's good friends with Dylan and all that. Nice. Um, the dude is, he, dude, his fucking album he just released called Escapism. He released it in August. Just released it. He spent like over a year. I had him on the podcast, um, which I should I'll send you that podcast episode as well. Yeah. Check out, but. He spent, I mean, he spent like two or three years writing the album, I think two years, and he spent a year creating essentially a film for uh, the album. And he's on that, like, he's on a different level from your average producer. Like, he's yeah. making fucking art. Like, you listen to his music and it takes you somewhere. Audio, it's, visual, complete package. Dude, it is unfucking believable what he's been able to do. And he was holding out on releasing this, like, film that he did for it for a while and essentially why he's loves the outdoors grew up on uh motocross snowmobiling all just outdoors shit camping all that and so he wanted to bring those elements to the album and he ended up, he spent a year recording just the visuals of him dirt biking and like the desert uh walking around in the forest snowmobiling this is his entire life in the album this it, is, this is entire, it's his it, essence his it is, yeah and he 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 pulled it together and he he did all the work on the video too which is why like nice. i'm shocked by but i think he went full time with music like a year ago or something and um so he had a bunch of time to actually work on this and he, the visuals he did for the story is just it's it's unfucking believable. I'm gonna send it to you. It, you'll have to listen to the album on your way home because he, he's just he's one of those people where I'm I'm talking like glitch mob level where it's so original you can't necessarily tie it to any one person except for himself. His sound design is out of this world, but there's those people are far and few between. Which you know I don't know if it, sometimes it feels like it makes those people and those the, that that music that much sweeter um they stand out from the rest but i w i agree i would love to see more people that are more individualistic but even going to your point where like marshmallow his music is pretty damn original i would say but more so his branding is very unique and very different and i fullheartedly agree with you where it's you know you don't because I'm sure there's people listening to this that are like, fuck Marshmallow. <laughs> but you have a really good point where he is introducing people to electronic music that may not otherwise have been introduced to it and had something call out to them where they really enjoy that. And I mean, when I started listening to music, listening to electronic music, got deep into it. You know, I was like, Tiesto's the shit, Hardwell's the shit, mm -hmm. and you know, like 2013, big 2012. Yeah, big room stuff. <laughs> and that's not at all who I am anymore. Like, I'm not, I don't really enjoy that music as much as I did. But it got and the ball rolling for it. It got the ball, and that's the fucking yeah, point. It's like, I, I don't care if, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're 12 and you got a marshmallow blanket from Target, and now you, you could be the next Pretty Lights. And 
It'd be a damn shame if you hadn't grabbed that marshmallow blanket. I'll tell you what. Or it could also be that that person just becomes a fan that evolves over time and they end up, you know, maybe they didn't start off listening to fucking rhythm, but eventually they're going to get there. And if you produce rhythm, they could potentially become your fan. So it's like, you shouldn't knock those big mainstream acts because the amount of people and the amount of eyes that they're pulling onto just the scene in general is eventually going to benefit you. Not everyone that's listening to Marshmallow is going to end up loving Rhythm, but there is a percentage of those people that are going to end up loving it, and those people are going to be the ones that will buy your tickets to your shows, buy your merch, buy... Absolutely, And and you don't know if they would have gotten involved in electronic music and loved it as much as they did. More people involved, more money in the industry, more value. I don't don't care if it's Marshmallow or whatever. We need a gateway. We need more gateway artists. Yeah, 100%. So let's... That was a great intro, but we're gonna oh. we're gonna intro it times two. It was, <laughs> I, right, I right. love it. Let's let's go back a little bit and go ahead and get up a little closer on gotcha. the mic. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. Good. good. Um, but um, th- let's take it back a little bit. Tell us about your story. How did you get involved in electronic music? Go as far back as you want, and then how did you get to where you're at? Where you're part owner in a club, and you're also, I mean, I'd say you're owner in the biggest you're the owner of the biggest management company in central Texas. So Thank let's, you. let's jump into that. Sure. 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 It's a, uh, it's been an interesting journey. Um, I'm from Buffalo, New York. Originally, I, uh, raised by two psychologists, uh, only child. Um, <clears throat> I moved to Texas for college. I went to TCU go frogs. I'm, I'm headed to the fiesta bowl in a couple of weeks here to watch them stop Michigan. So that that'll be fun. Um, <clears throat> after, uh, graduating from college, I, well, the first EDM, I'll just I'll go back briefly. The first EDM show, I coming from Buffalo, EDM is not a huge presence there. <laughs> I grew up on jam bands, yeah, uh, Grateful Dead cover bands, Mo, yeah. Humphreys McGee, Aqueous, all that, all that stuff. Um, so EDM initially wasn't a huge part of my life, but live concerts were. I was going out to shows all the time. Uh, went to the first EDM show I went to was Rusco at Town Ballroom in 2012 or 13, and uh, was thoroughly blown away it was like prime rusco pre-cancer rusco he, he broke the he broke the decks he was pulling gray goose just like so the stage presence was absurd it was just so rowdy and fun you was know? he on t- tour during that time because I it think, was a tour it was I th- a tour i think yeah. he ran to ran through boise i'm pretty sure i went to that yeah show. it was a that, full u.s tour yeah, yeah, that, yeah. i think he ran through boise at the knitting factory and i yeah, either yeah. the knitting factory or revolution center and i I mean, that was the height of like when I was just getting into yeah, it as well. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. probably went to the exact uh, badass, same. Badass, yeah, hell yeah. yeah, hell yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And that kind of put EDM on the map for me. Uh, and then I, I moved to Texas for college. Um, kind of, um, I've, I've found that in life to um, progress yourself as an individual to get outside of your box and your comfort zone and to force yourself outside of those situations has been incredibly beneficial for me. So going to a Texas university that uh, no one from my town had ever bit gone to and just getting outside. I was getting in a lot of trouble in high school. So like, <laughs> I'm going to probably, I'm going to definitely end up in jail if I stay in Buffalo, New York. So let's, let's get outside of there. Um, so it was, it ended up being a great experience to, to move to Texas for college. Um, <clears throat> so, um, uh, went to TCU, got a, got a, um, a bachelor's degree in advertising and a business minor. Uh, around that time, I started going to festivals. My first uh, EDM festival or multi-genre festival was Electric Forest 2013. 
Uh, and that kind of changed my life. I was like, whatever, whatever facet I can be involved in, in doing this type of thing. Like I am a hundred percent committed to that. Um, so during my time at TCU, I got involved in, uh, promoting euphoria and I was uh, the street team lead for the TCU branch of the euphoria music festival street team, which was a, a very amazing small boutique festival in Austin. So that was kind of my first introduction to Austin at that time. Um, and that was such a, such a great festival. Um, uh, graduated from TCU, spent, uh, that summer and a little more about three months, uh, I drove from Fort Worth. First I drove from Fort Worth to, to, uh, Michigan for forest, drove back and then drove to San Diego and spent uh, my summer driving up the West coast, taking some job interviews, uh, uh, staying with some friends. Uh, also just, I, I kind of had like a, uh, idealist like notion that i could be kind of like a hitchhike type uh <laughs> like like into the wild type situation I, there was a lot of things going through my mind that i thought that that trip might you know accomplish for me and i uh it turns out you know 20 2018 you cannot just like hitchhike or like camp outside on the side of the road it doesn't really work that way a lot of nights woken up by police like no sir like you, you can't do this by the beach right now but uh that was an incredible experience um i Got up to, uh, spent that summer, traveled up to Seattle, um, went to the Pretty Lights Episodic Festival at the Gorge, uh, had some buddies meet me there. That Dude, that how was, about was the a, Gorge? Oh man, it's Dude. still, it's still my top venue in, that, in the country. My, my f- second, no, my, actually my first major festival was Paradiso and it was oh, still that's going a great on. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. 2014, I think it was. Yeah. Those lineups were insane. And plus, I would take the, uh, over the bass can and I would take the multi genre, the mixed genre. Just Paradiso. You know, Dude, amazing. Paradiso. Paradiso in great. The peak of Paradiso. I went Paradiso 2014, 2015, 2016. Nice. And then I think, t- I can't remember if they did 2017 or if it ended after that because there is a lot of sketchy shit going on yeah. with USC and foundation yep, and yep, Seattle yep, yep, yep. is a whole mess. I've got, you're, I've got buddies. I can't remember it. exactly which year, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. It was around that. Yeah. yeah. And, but Paradiso was like nothing. I mean, that the first time I saw above and beyond was 2014 at Paradiso and oh, the gorge man. before they started doing group therapy at the gorge. And it was, I cried. It was the most beautiful fucking thing I had ever seen. And that really, cause I had been, you know, I'd been writing music at that point, DJing for probably two close to three years at that point. And going to Paradiso that solidified it for me where I was like, this is it. This is, this it. is yeah. what I'm going to be in yeah. for the rest. Yeah. So the same thing like you going to electric force where it's like, there's n- I, like, how is it? Why, why can't this should be how everything is. Yeah. <laughs> everything should be this great. People should feel this good. It's just, it was, it was an, an incredible experience. So, yeah, yeah. So I, at that point, I was like, "Yeah, we're th- this is why I'm in." But yeah, yeah, the yeah. Gorge is just if you can go to any music festival at the Gorge. Actually, my so funny enough, my fiance and I, Marty, we met in Austin in 2017. I had moved in 2016 in July. She had moved here in September in July. But we both went to Paradiso in 2015, and before I moved to Austin. I was about to move to Seattle, where she's from. So it's like oh, uh, we crossed, and I was working like in Seattle. This, how could the, obviously this this it, makes it, sense? Yeah, I know you're. I know you're dope. <laughs> I know you're dope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we probably fucking saw each other at Paradiso. So in she saw you crying. She saw you crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For future reference, if you ever want to hold hands and cry, any any A and B set, you you got my number. So. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. They're they're incredible. So, um. 
Yeah, yeah, the gorge though. Keep keep going. Yeah, so uh, yeah, you uh, went to the gorge. Um, so yeah, that was that was a calm. Like this was post college. What am I gonna do with what's the next step? And uh, you know, I was hoping that I didn't get a good enough job offer in Portland or Pacific Northwest or or San Diego to make it worth the the traversing from Texas and picking uprooting my life really. But I knew in the back pocket that Austin is. Uh, you know, very similar to to Portland, same vibe, and really the only place in Texas, uh, urban place in Texas, with natural beauty and uh, a great music scene. Um, so shortly after I returned from that trip, uh, Austin was the move for me. I uh, moved down here, and uh, funny enough, um, I've I've been on two Tinder dates in my entire life, and uh, the the second one was when I shortly after I moved here. And uh, she uh, referred me to Mark My Words, at the time was Good Vibes Presents, which is now Mark My Words, one of the the promoter that uh, I'm the director of operations and one of the talent buyers for, Um, and just started flyering outside of the clubs. Uh, Actually, initially was, uh, I moved here uh, right in the last like three months of Kingdom, the old Kingdom. Yeah. So I was, I was out, I was out there ripping cigs and slinging flyers, uh, (laughs) you know, just, just stoked, just stoked to be in a city with. I just come from Fort Worth where the only shows I was going to catch was a frat walk a yeah. po- walk a party or something. <laughs> so I was just stoked to be somewhere where there was great music at, at my fingertips every weekend. And I was smiling out there, you know, cheek to cheek, slinging flyers outside of kingdom. It, it was great. And it just kind of progressed from there. You know, I had, uh, uh, people left the, the, promoter and uh, i just i my basic policy throughout my professional life in general is been just work harder than I, it doesn't matter if you're the naturally the best at something but um i will never you know, when i leave the room there will never be a question of who hustled harder uh, mm-hmm. so that that policy kind of carried over into that and i just uh busted ass really and uh, as soon as people parted ways with the company i was like well you know i will do it better than they did yeah so I kind of moved up from there, um, started doing graphic design and, and started taking over operations for good vibes as it was transitioning into mark my words. Um, and, uh, shortly after that, uh, I had a, a DJ that I was booking at Vulcan nightclub or Vulcan gas company. Sorry. Um, asked me if I'd ever considered management, uh, which I never had nor thought that anyone would want me to be their manager. <laughs> but I was like, you know, I'm, I'm testing the waters with, with, I'm, I'm open to anything if it makes sense. And you know, you don't ultimately you don't know what you're naturally good at until you give it a shot. So I did that. And, uh, turns out I wasn't half bad at it. Uh, also props to, you know, a big part of management is being a mentor and a, you know, there's a big difference between being a day-to-day manager and being a, a agent um and you know managers are much more on the day-to-day interaction and being mm-hmm. a mentor and a coach and you know a friend for somebody and uh turns out uh being raised by two psychologists and just being <laughs> in tune with myself and and how to help people through tough situations is incredibly beneficial for that so shout out mom and dad but uh it, it ended up going well and uh expanded from there um dabbled with doing some events just for viridian some showcases and uh people were picking up what i was putting down and uh uh expanded the roster and uh that's kind of that's kind of what led to to getting here where when did you start viridian 
uh two years ago uh 2020, 2020. damn 20. right probably yeah. the worst time to start yeah, the first the first viridian <laughs> showcase was south by southwest it, it wasn't official so it was awesome music week at scratch house r.i.p scratch mm-hmm. house yeah yeah and it was the day we actually had austin the statesman the photographer for the statesman show up at our showcase and I'd never thrown an event by myself, you know, or anything like this. I wasn't expecting it. it was just like an opportunity to give, you know, let's see what happens. Uh, and the statesman photographer shows up and he's like, Hey, can I shoot your event? I'm like, sure. Do you want to shoot my event? He's like, you guys are the only event. Everything is, sh- this is, there's a pandemic now. So, you know, I, it, it got crazy really fast. And yeah. there's actually, I don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but there's this, there's this Jewish rapper that currently lives in New York, Kosha Dills. And he's kind of like a me. He was on Wild and Out this past season, and uh, he was in town for South by, and it got canceled because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. But he showed up the morning while, while we're setting up for that for that showcase, and he's like, "Hey, like you guys are the only event now. Can you know we can I can I play? We put him on for like a fifteen minute slot for him to rap, and now he's he's getting millions of views, yeah, and yeah. he's on Wild and Out, and I'm just." Holy shit, man. Like, you, ne- you never know. You never know what the hell is Dude, going <laughs> this is what I tell people day in and fucking day out and why it's like, well, here's here's my, my issue is always like, my issue with the industry is one, if you're full of shit, get the fuck out. Like, mm-hmm. your people are going to smell your bullshit from a mile away. Mm-hmm. Second is also my issue where I, I, I when I find people who think they're hotter than shit, their shit don't mm, stink. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, there's plenty of those fucking people and, and they don't give the time of day for someone, for anyone. Um, even when they, they act like they don't have enough time, but in reality it's, they just don't give a shit about mm. an, enough. And that could they're, be the one person that, it, well, that's the thing yeah. is like the, these people who have giant egos who will, uh, you know, they they won't they won't give someone the time of day because they're below them because they're younger than them because they haven't been involved in the they don't have a following or whatever well i mean they you know there's anyways my my point being is that those kinds of people drive me fucking crazy because mm-hmm. we're all here together no one's taking anything from anyone because you're helping someone or supporting them and have you ever heard the book the go giver I fucking talked about the book on probably <laughs> this 60, is the first time we've... <laughs> 60 of these fucking episodes. So I should I should get it. You should check it out. Okay. I actually you know I may have lent my copy to someone. If I That's have okay. a copy, I'll fucking I'll Will you remind, will you text me or send I'll pro- I'll, me. Ju- I'll give me your address. I'll fucking send it. <laughs> I'll, I will That's send a, you a we'll fucking trade, we'll copy. We'll do a book for for Jersey Yeah, trade. you're oh, there dude, we go. dude, there Jersey. We go. Yeah, I I appreciate you texting me. You texted me that you're like, "Hey, what's your jersey size?" <laughs> I didn't see it until like 20 minutes later cuz I'm setting everything up. I was like, Oh fuck! And then I That's yeah, you're good. probably I'll get it way. to you. I'll get it. No to worries, you. no worries. But um, the book is fucking fantastic, and it's a business parable. And you know, my fiance Marty, she she's not super into business. Like she she has a little side hustle. She I mean, it's more of a hobby. She does. She makes polymer clay earrings, and she fucking loves it. And I support her get full heart. She have an Etsy. Yeah, she does have an Etsy. All right, there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, um, I think it's uh, handmade by Marty. Send so that's me too. With, and, with yeah, of course. Book. Yeah, M A R T I. Every other word is spelt normal, but handmade by Marty is her little business name, and um, 
she's fucking fantastic at it. But even before she started doing that stuff, um, she, I, I got this book referred to me by my other business mentors and my business coaches. And so I grabbed it. It's like 140 pages, short little business That's parable. That's readable for me. I can it's, do that. I can great. do that. And even if you don't like reading great audio books. So I picked it up, I checked it out, I, I read it, and I was like, I read it in a day, a day or two. I was like, this, I couldn't put it down as soon as I started. I was like, this is fucking fantastic. And I told my fiance, I was like, check it out. Because it's much more than just a business book. It's a, this is, my entire business philosophy is built around the go-giver. Um, but now I've just, it's a part of my life. It's a lifestyle now. It's a part of my personality and who, who I am. But the whole idea of the go-giver is that you give and help others without any expectation in return. That's the best summary that you can give to it. And this, this business parable, it, you know, it puts it into the world of business and you really do get this karma like effect. You know, when you help someone out just because, you know, maybe they have a question, maybe they need some answers to something. Maybe they just, they just need some help with something and you have 10 minutes to spare where you can provide that value to them what that does for the individual that's receiving that type of value is immense. And someone, you know, I can, I can tie this to someone who I don't think has read the book, but lives by the philosophy. And someone you manage is Noah Neiman, who is my, one of my best friends. So our, do you know our I story? Love, I don't know y'all's personal story, but I, I love Noah. Most. Noah is the fucking man. He's been on the podcast before. So everyone listening, if you've listened to that episode, knows who Noah is. I've talked about him day in and day out on this podcast. When I first moved to Austin, I think it was 2016, Tritonal were, was going on their painting. I think no, he was on I, it. it was, uh, was he on that? He tour? was on that tour. Right. I don't think it was Painting with Dreams, but maybe it is. I have a Painting with Dreams ah, signed nice. Nice. vinyl that I got Hell that yeah. we actually won through a um, through a competition. But maybe it was that tour. I can't. I can't remember. It was 2016. They were playing in Austin, and that was the first time I saw Noah. And I was like, holy fuck, Noah's the man. And I just shot him. Are you upset that he's I, he's been converted to no, dubstep? I can I helped you, him you, convert. You, that's you? I, I came well, up thank with you, his, sir. I thank came, you, sir. Dude, I came up with his name, Dr. Neiman. <laughs> Holy I'll shit. Tell, dude, I'll tell he, you about he, that. He uh, you know, maybe intentionally neglects to relay that part of the... <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's fine. That's fine. It's his, it's his shit. It's his baby. He's... I am barely any part of what he's done. He's the fucking man. But, um, I, you know, I shot him a message after I saw him and I was like, Hey, I just moved to Austin. I'm a producer. Like I'm actually working on this remix for Brooklyn with, I can't remember who the vocalist was. It was, I think the track was can't trust me or something like that. I so long ago, I was like, I'd love some feedback. I actually sent him a friend request first and he accepted my friend request that night. I was like, this is unheard of. Like, I've never experienced this. And I shot him a message and he's like, yeah, send over a track if you want. And so I sent him over the track, gave me feedback. And then we started chatting and then he started posting about World of Warcraft. I loved World of Warcraft. <laughs> the so stars then, are aligning right now. Yes. Yeah, so, and you know, I've talked about this. Like you, if you want to connect with someone, find a mutual interest outside of music that yep. you both can nerd out on. And that's how you become good friends. And that's what I attribute our friendship through was, we started talking about video games, World of Warcraft, then Destiny, and then we're both into working out. And so in 20, I think it was 2019, him and I, or maybe it was even at the end of, towards the end of 2018, it was towards the end of 2018, um, 
he was posting his gym shit and I was like, Oh, you're working out. Where do you work out? Gold's at Cedar park. And I was like, I work across the street from that. I'm trying <laughs> to get a gym partner. He's like, let's fucking work out. And then from that day on for like a year and a half of, until COVID hit, we were working out with each other for like four or five days a week, nice. like every fucking day hitting the gym together, chatting. And that's when he was talking about like, I've been writing dubstep or I've been playing dubstep. I think I want to get into dubstep. I was like, do it, dude. You should just fucking do it. Like, you know, fuck the why bass. Are you, why are you waiting or, for me to give you? It, yeah. Go do it. Yeah. If you're thinking about it, do it, it yeah. Man. Fuck the progressive house stuff. Fuck the future based stuff. It's all great. You write great music. Get into fucking dubstep. And he's like, what should I? And that's why I was like, you should go with Dr. Neiman. Like there's already yeah. like, you know, Dr. P and shit. Yeah, yeah. D-O-C-T-O-R. You are a doctor. So it resonates. But like, yeah, I was like, go with Dr. And he's, and so it you've just, done your, you've done your service. I, it doesn't matter how big or small that contribution is. And ultimately a lot of these big, like connecting with someone. And I encourage all my clients to do the same thing. If they're, if they feel isolated from whatever, subgenre they're working in and to be able to connect with their peers uh, other producers in that sphere you don't need to come come at it from a perspective of you know i, I want to be able to collab with you whatever like ultimately we're all just looking to connect with someone on yeah on any level and oftentimes when your whole life is being submerged in producing what you're doing it's often a relief for producers to to be able to connect with someone on something like World of Warcraft or or working out or whatever it might be that's all that's ultimately might give them way more value than you approaching the conversation from from uh, give me some feedback or or you know um, but it's incredibly valuable for a lot of these guys to to and more ben- and more effective to to connect with people on a on a people level of what are yeah. your hobbies outside of this and you know. Um, there's there's a lot of value and this is why i've I've talked about so many times like truly if you want to connect with someone that you're interested in being connected with that i'm about to this episode is unofficially (laughs) sponsored by white claw and also pint house electric jellyfish (laughs) (laughs) but um um yeah like if you be a human yeah be a fucking human (laughs) like don't Here's the, you know, I talk about too, when you're like meeting your idols, like if there's an artist that you love and you're like, oh fuck, I had the chance to meet them. Do not fucking fangirl out. Like that is the worst thing you could possibly do is be like, I fucking love everything you do. Like, (laughs) cause they're here in that day in, day out. And there's no substance there. No, they shit just the same as you. (laughs) Like they are a normal human fucking being. And they're also, like you said, looking for some sort of connection with their fans or not. And if you can be the cool, calm, collected dude who can come out and just be a fucking human being and find an interest that you both find valuable, that's where you're going to establish those relationships. And that's what it's all built on. Literally, I got a fucking, I got a message from Noah, I think today where he's like, dude, you got to get the new fucking world of Warcraft expansion. <laughs> Literally today. I told him, I told him I wasn't getting it. Cause I don't have enough well, time. You're obligated I, to my, mo- if you get it, you're obligated to monitor his time. Cause that cuts into studio time. <laughs> if you're, if you're listening to this, mother, Noah, we're watching you. Th- that motherfucker <laughs> produces like no, the workflow is absurd. Unfucking believe. I've never met anyone like him where he can be like, yeah, I'll get a track done in four and hours. And then it's a six track. Done. I expect the turnaround time for one track. I think he's going to come back with one and he's like, here's six more. (laughs) Unbelievable. He's like, he, he just knows. And I mean, 
I attribute it to his background in in music because he does have a background mm-hmm. out. His parents, you know, too, outside, right? yeah, yeah, his parents, and but but also like I mean, he's been in the fucking industry for two decades now, so yep. it's like, and and you know, this is something else I mentioned, and I actually mentioned this in the episode I did with, uh, you know, my buddy I was mentioning, Rip Kenny, who yep. did yep. his Escapism album. I did a podcast with him and two of his other podcast mates. Shout out to Tesco and um. Wow, why am I Luke Rain? Jesus, I'm so sorry, Luke. I can't believe I just I just <laughs> <laughs> I stumbled on that. I'm two white claws or a white claw deep and two shots deep. So I'm so <laughs> sorry, Luke. But Luke Rain Music, they do a podcast called the Human Music Podcast. Fantastic podcast. And on the episode we did for Electronic Dance Money, we were chatting about that as well. And his 20 years in the industry is what it takes. You kind of just have to be in it for that long. Like, yeah, you, don't expect the worst. You, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot, and uh, from a mental standpoint, which is probably is a it, top it, factor of all all of this entirely. You know, it's a it's a generally toxic and laborsome mentally uh, industry to operate it, in, it, and and to to beat yourself up for not uh, to holding your hold yourself at, to a standard of what some of these guys have been doing it for decades or operating at is, is doing yourself a disservice. Minimum 10 years is what I tell everyone. You have to give this shit your all for a minimum of 10 years. After that 10 years, maybe you can slow it down a bit because you know, it's unrealistic to tell a kid that's 25. Hey, you have to put the pedal to the metal for 10 years. If they have other aspirations, like, you know, some people want to have a wife, they want to have a kid. So Around that 30-year mark is usually when that happens. And it's unrealistic to tell someone that's 25, you have to fucking go guns blazing for 10 years minimum for you to have a successful career. And, you know, that's that may not align with some of your other aspirations, and that's okay, but... Being realistic with yourself and laying that out from the jump is incredibly important. It's, so. it's what sets you up for success, mm-hmm. and... As long as you have your foot in the industry for at least 10 years and you're active, relatively active. It goes in waves too. It, it, yes, there is waves. That's a that's actually a really good point that you bring up that I think people should know is that it, there's ebbs and flows. For me, I mean, great case in point right now is, you know, I started off writing music around 2012, 2013. I started DJing in like 2011, 2012. And I... Uh, up until about 2017 that's all i wanted to do was write music tour play shows ignored all the shit we talk about on this podcast which is marketing <laughs> and branding and advertising and all that it, shit usually ha- it's not uniquely you it's, it's not <laughs> it's, that's why you're probably listening because it's not unique so you know i ignored all that stuff and i i got burnt out in the studio i was upset when i didn't go into the studio and I didn't write a hit and that drain meant on my, and I was in the studio every day for at least two, three hours. I was sitting there just hitting a key and nothing would happen. And I was like fucking losing my mind and I had to take, take a step back. And that's why I found, I used to hate mixing. Then I found out how to mix properly through Ill Gates and the producer dojo. So shout out to them. and Thank you. yeah. Yeah. And after that, I was like, you know what? I do better when I collaborate with people. Let me make a fucking post on Reddit and see if people would let me mix their music and teach them how to mix because I feel like I've gotten to that point where I can teach people. And that started my love for mixing and wanting to help others. And I started Envious Audio around that time. And I was like, I'm going to 
take a step away from the production stuff. If I can get the studio going and making money, production's always there. I can quit my job at some point and I can go full You're going time. for the full one-stop shop ultimately yeah. and where it's it, you somewhat to some degree uniquely the EDM sphere of things, but there's so many facets and even with a with an artist project, you know, if you're if you're experiencing burnout in the studio, take a take a pause and work on your branding. Yeah. Ultimately, as as when I first walked in, we we spoke about you know that is the majority of it to some mm-hmm. degree now as well. So there there are plenty of never feel like never let when you're experiencing burnout, never feel guilty or ashamed that 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 is happening. Because there's five other things that you need to be working yeah, on for yeah, your project. Don't yeah, worry. You ex- can stay busy ex- exact- doing something else. Ex- and that's okay. Exactly. And you'll be better for it. Exactly. And that was, you know, I, I realized that while I started that business and while I started, because everything I was learning in business to run my audio, I was like, this is the shit that producers should be doing. But I don't see a lot of people talking about that. And that's why I started the podcast. And now I've come to a point in my life where I'm like, because I was writing tracks still throughout the time that I've been building my business, but not as consistently as before. And, but every track I, you know, I, I put it on the back burner. I was like, if I feel the itch to write, I'll go write. And every time I did that, I wrote the best thing I've ever written. So I let the creativity slow, you know, it was waves. It was constant waves. Like you were saying. And that's the point that I'm making is I've gotten to a point where I've been consistently writing a lot of good tracks. And I started this new artist project. I think, packs in my mention to you, lush puppy yeah that yeah, we're yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. around with yeah, yeah. yeah so um you know i got to a point where i'm like eager to hear some of it i yeah i'm happy i'll show you some stuff that i've been working on Wait. but um but yeah i got to a point where i'm like i'm connected noah can help me noah's offered without even having to ask i'll send these this to this label that label and i'm like holy fuck if you think it should go there then I, i'm on to something paxton wants to work with me and he's the best content guy ever. He's Paxton is the fucking man. He doesn't think he is, but he is the fucking best dude I have ever met in Austin thus far, aside from Noah, probably aside from you as well, Justin. But, uh, you know, I'm like, I've gotten to a point where, you know, I have those connections. I built the marketing portfolio that I need. I know how to advertise. I know how, I know how to do all these things I didn't know before. And I've gotten to a point where I'm like, this could fucking be a thing again. I can go back to the original dream and see what I can do with that. Mm-hmm. And I, to, to, you know, talk about your point about like, it's ebbs and flows. There's waves. It could be a three year fucking wave. Mm-hmm. If you can accept that and appreciate that and kind of lean into it a bit, your life is going to be that much better. Your appreciation is for music is going to be that much better. And when you come out of it on the long run, you're probably going to understand things better. Your thought process is going to be different and you're going to be able to make the big leaps that you originally wanted to, you know, when you're in the studio and you're trying to grind it out and you're like, fuck this, I can't come up with anything good. That's okay. If you need to take a step back and either work on your branding or fucking start a completely different business, it doesn't matter. None of that's a waste of time. It's all just a learning process. And you're going to be able to apply certain things to your original idea later on and do it that much fucking better. And that was probably the biggest learning experience I had was being able to tell myself it's okay if I'm not in the studio 24 seven. It's okay if I can't come up with ideas. It's what am I going to do with that extra time then to improve myself? And then eventually, who knows if eventually I get back to it, but how am I going to better myself as a person? 
How am I going to appreciate the things that I have and be able to dive into another passion that I love? And I found that. And I think if you're at that point where, you know, you come to that boiling point where you're like, I just, this is too much right now. You got to be able to tell yourself to take a step back. Cause if you can't, it's, we're talking about, we're talking about professional and business skills. Cause ultimately as we've gone back to marketing and branding is, is such a big component of it, but the, the same skills and being able to not get to a point where you're ready to pull your hair out are skills that that are going to migrate to every professional aspect of your life and and ultimately is branding marketing and the full package are become more and more important to have a successful edm project you know the things that i look for and that, that i bring a lot of value to in developing clients are these same skills that bleed into just how i am in my personal life and professional life and, and, you know, hopefully things that regardless of where these projects go are things that will be applied to every professional, every side hustle, everything, and just make people uh, all over better. You know, yeah. Person. Well, there's two things to talk about there too, is the fact that like the, the, the skills that you learn, especially when you're dealing with clients, there's, there's an interpersonal skill uh, that you have to develop and learn in a way that you have to talk to people in a respectful and appropriate manner that goes right into your personal life. Like you might have a partner that uh, the way I've dealt with my clients, I've learned from because I don't want to disrespect my clients. I don't want to make them upset because what's that going to do? Well, I'm going to lose them as a client and they could potentially be out there in the ether talking shit about me. Mm -hmm. And whether or not that is granted, you know, we could, go down that road, but it doesn't matter. The point is, is like I've taken skills that I've managed through dealing with clients. And I've been able to apply that to, you know, working out issues that I have with my fiance. And so like, that's a Uh, real uh, skill that has gone into my personal life that has made my personal life better. It's made me a better person. I'm able to deal with more difficult situations in a better manner than I otherwise would have. So it's like, you know i try to act like you know i i in dealing with clients like i'm the i'm the i have the answer for everything and i'm the master on how to deal with these situations but there there is a striking amount of times where i reflect i'm like you know i'm i'm not really practicing what i preach how about i become a better person hold on a second i'm leveling up (laughs) you're you're totally fucking right dude you're totally right there are moments where you're like you know, I'm saying this thing, but I'm not doing it. Yep. And if I'm saying it, I should really fucking be doing it. And, you know, this is this is actually part of the reason why I wanted to start this artist project is because, you know, I've talked all this shit on this podcast for fucking three years <laughs> now about what producers should do. Mm. And part of me has me reflecting where it's like, well, I know I have the right answers. And the reason why I know I, I have the right answers is because if you take any of the principles I talk about and put it into any other business, that business will be relatively, if not this is a framework. Yeah, it's yeah. a framework. They It will be successful if you if you do the right, if you make the right moves and, and, and all that. Also, I've had people on this podcast who have been in the industry far longer than I, than I have, have been way more successful than me. And they have been like, yeah, you're 100% right. Mm-hmm. So- those two things confirmed it. But the third thing that's missing is the fact that I haven't done it myself. And so <laughs> part of 
why I'm starting this Lush Puppy project with Paxton is it's kind of like, well, I got to put my fucking money where my mouth is mm. and I got to fucking, I got to do it. And better for it. Exactly. And I, again, I would not be wanting to start this project and have so much faith in the project if I didn't know what I know now, which is just an unbelievable amount of knowledge. Yeah, you lucked out with this think, podcast. You got a treasure show. You've just been absorbing a sponge, sponge mode. Yeah, from everyone that I've talked to, it's put, you know, the business itself has pushed me to want to take courses that I never thought I, you know, I tell my fucking fiance all the time. I'm like, <laughs> if you would have told me in high school, I'd be running a business. I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. I never <laughs> want to do that. They're going to let me do what? <laughs> yeah, but here I am where I'm like, I'm like, I love it. This is no, there's no other space that I'd, that I want to be, but yeah, it's, you know, it's a part of the fucking ride and you got to enjoy the journey. Let's, let's dive more into Viridian. Cause I, you know, yeah. I know we went on a huge long tangent I there, like but it's, right. it's great. No, no, no. I is, this is great. I fucking love it. So let's get more. Let's talk a little bit more about management. Cause there's so many artists and, you know, I've gotten emails about it. How do I get a manager? And that actually, I got one today from, from the UK. And I, I'm, it's just like, you think that, uh, I, it sometimes it blows my mind and it's flattering. Um, but, uh, there's plenty, there are tons of people that are, uh, it's a highly, highly sought after realm of, of this thing as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, you know, I had, I had one person in particularly reach out to me via email and they said, Hey, you know, I, how do I get, how do I get a manager? What does that look like? And that actually sparked an idea in my head. And I've been waiting for probably ugh, fucking almost a year and a half to actually get a manager. So that's why I'm so excited oh, to have you. I <laughs> it's taken forever to find a good manager that I really want. Because I've seen the growth of your business from Paxton. Because I met Paxton in 2020, January of 2020. So this was before you had even started Viridian. And I've been good friends with him since that. And so he's slow. He has seen the growth of Viridian from the day. I, I, I vouched for him immensely. I, you know, I called him uh, Saturday. I was at the fucking stars. Were you at the hockey game with him? I, I, I took him to you the know, hockey I have game. To, just knowing Paxton, I have to tell him five times, like, you have to tell me that this is what you want to do. And you're not just, I'm not just let you're not, God, don't feel dude, obligated to do this. That motherfucker. Because that's how he operates. Dude. Like, listen, man, like. I am too nice to feel bad about you leaving this game. Can you please tell me that this is something you want to do? He's he's at he's at emos an hour later. I I got there I got there after him and he's sweating bullets running around that, all over the place. He made fifty laps around here, crushing it as always. It's just like that's my that guy. motherfucker. You know what he says to me because <laughs> he answered your call and he goes, oh, "Okay, it's for the trees." Okay, um, that, that's their name, right? Of for the, the trees. Tre- yeah, of the yeah, trees. Yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. of the trees. He's like, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I could probably do it. It'll take me an hour. I'm listening. I'm like, this motherfucker is going to go do a fucking Sorry, job I stole, right now. I stole your buddy there. Well, no. So he stayed to the end of the game. He, he stayed. Still, yeah, oh, the okay. game oh, ended around like nine. We left around like nine fifty. It was a blowout. Yeah, it was. It was a fucking. The Texas Stars beat um, the Chicago Wolves. Like sure. when we left, Those it was five to one. It was so much fun. Nice. I think that was his first Texas. Invite Stars me next game. time. I love to go. I, dude, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, my buddy, Mike, he has season tickets. And so I usually go with him. I was originally going to get his second seat, but then we found out we were buying this house like three days after I started paying for my season tickets. Nice. I can't go. I like, I bought a house. I can't go. But, um, so yeah, he's like, he's like, man, Justin hit me up. Like, should I, 
should I go do this show? And I was like, dude, you've earned, you didn't plan this. You've earned yeah. your right. Like, relax. It's a Saturday that's night. What I Trust fun. me. I that's like, what Justin I tells like, me. I, I believe it. I 100% <laughs> believe, but I know his fucking, I know how he works. And I was like, don't do it really. He's like, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I was like, Justin will understand, dude. Like, he's a I sports fan. You're at a game. He fucking gets it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, I'm not going to go do it. And then we leave the game and then he literally texted. I think he texted me today. He's like, yeah. So like I went, to, I went and shot the show. Like, <laughs> you already knew. You like, already yeah. knew. I already knew. In I, all fairness uh, to Justin, they, uh, they, you know, I would have given him a far more or reasonable or in fairness to myself, quite so much of an asshole. I would have given him more of a heads up, but I, I was pre, I was at a pregame four of the trees and I got a call. It was like we of the trees needs coverage. Um, we need packs. So I laid up the opportunity, but in and Paxson and I's uh, typical dealings when it's when it, I'm in control of it, he certainly has an adequate amount of time to make those decisions. Uh, yes, you know, he I understand how it is. You know? I can't. I can't tell you how much he appreciates you and loves you. Oh, honestly, reciprocated. He and, and yeah, you know, he's told me the same. I assume that you feel the same way as him, but do. he. He holds you at such a high fucking regard and he's the you're the one guy in the industry that he's talked about because he's worked in the metal scene before. He's worked in many different scenes and he said you're the one person that he's met outside of everyone that has stayed true to who you are. You're not an asshole. You don't have a crazy ego about yourself and he holds you in such a high regard, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because you know, it's it's hard to it's like we're talking sure, about. Yeah, and it's I, hard to find those individuals that are that caring about wanting to help others and will help lift people up that are just starting or don't really have any direction. Which is, you know, partially why I respect Viridian because you really have. I mean, the amount of local talent that you guys are pulling and pushing for is fucking fantastic. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about that. How, what what does it look like to work with smaller local artists? What's that process like when you're trying to book them shows? And what are some key factors that you're looking at when you're trying to either pull in some new talent to be a part of the team or when you're dealing with talent within your current team? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to uh, throw it back to just because previously we talked about karma and, and integrity. And I think that is a value that, has been a big part of my life for my entire life. And I, I do think that to any degree, you don't know the impact you're going to make on someone's life and it, and it will come back around, but being accessible and I will always continue to do that. And I think, uh, you know, being able to talk to, to anybody and, and I will always answer whoever, you know, needs that support. And ultimately I think that, uh, the long term, um, you know, that that's what helps you win. People want to see someone that wins. That's a, that's a real person and is accessible and, you know, I was looking out for, for everybody and, uh, I will always do that. So someone please slap me if, if they see me do otherwise, because that's a huge part of <laughs> everything I do in my life. So, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, as far as, um, you know, what, what it looks like on my level of management, um, it, it's, it's starting to accelerate a little bit. You know, I'm taking on some trying to scale up. We actually just finished, uh, roster cuts and new roster additions for 2023, which is, uh, time for me particularly with parting ways with projects because i'm operating on such a 
regional level. Um, most of these people are real friends of mine, people that I see on a weekly basis, people that mean quite a bit to me. Um, but it's meaningful as well as, as, uh, as I part ways with some of these projects, I've never had an ex client, um, have any animosity towards me, you know, which, which to me shows that I'm doing things the right way. Um, uh, as far as what I'm looking for, remind me, remind me your, yeah, like when you, if if you're trying to pull in new talent, Mm -hmm. let's, let's just start with that. When you're trying to pull in new talent, Mm -hmm. what explicitly are you looking for? Because I had a, you know, like I said, I, I had an email from someone that was like, Hey, I think I should get a manager. Or I think I want it. The most the, important question isn't if you want a manager, it's, it's if you're ready for a manager, it, if you need it, because it, ultimately you're giving up equity on your project to yes, do that. Yes. Uh, you know, there's, there's oftentimes where I'm, I'm, you're not, you don't, it's not that it's, I, I see that you have the drive to want a manager and you want to take the project there, but I would feel bad taking money from you if I'm not being able to give you the value back for that. Um, so there are certain like baselines that I've ultimately as a, as an early project, you want to front load everything as far as visuals, branding, you want to have a complete package that's going to carry you through, through at least a year. You need the framework for all this stuff. Um, but, uh, as far as like music wise, I need, um, my kind of baseline is to, to see, uh, uh, ID vault or, or a whip, uh, a comprehensive, uh, whip list of, of of tracks that are ready to be pitched to demos or pitched to labels or ready to come out uh with the volume of like 10 to 15 that's what i'd like to see at this point um ultimately all goes back to like we want to be before anything moves forward on a management front we need to be confident that this project is at a place where it could carry be self-sustaining with where it's at for a year of operating um and that that goes to the branding that goes to the marketing that goes to the the volume of tracks that are ready to go goes to the workflow of how long is it taking you to to bust out a track um you know comprehensively what what do all those things look like what are your goals for your project what is your work work life and and uh recreational balance do you have are your parents is your family supportive of this what is your dynamic is this a healthy thing for you to be pursuing are you in a good mental place to commit time to this? Are you getting pushback for doing this? And, you know, particularly for these young projects that I, pri- I primarily deal with, you know, th- it becomes a way bigger factor of how healthy is your lifestyle? Am I going to be, you know, I've had clients where I'm picking them up on the side of the curb that they got thrown out of a club because they got piss ass drunk and <laughs> jumped, jumped in a pool naked, that type of shit, you know? So it's like, where are you at? how serious are are you about this uh and what what steps have you taken and what all is in place to make this something that you know the, a lot of the legwork has been done and really just needs the polishing of management and the guidance of management to get it through because ultimately if if i have a year's worth of branding and and tracks and, and those types of things are in place then i can make it sustaining sustainable for the uh, sequential years um, but if there is no effort or, you know, backlog of, of some of this content um, to sustain for, for a year, that that's really the goal for me, for for myself and, and our staff. Um, you know, I have a five person staff with with all other assistant managers, um, but we, we take a look at a project comprehensively when it's brought to us. And could this with where it's at right now, 
with a little bit of polish be a sustainable project for a year um because ultimately we can we can uh you know that's a trajectory we can we can make that a routine thing and polish it up and, and add to it and develop it but if there's really no framework uh to be uh to have longevity at least for a year based on what is there um then then that person would be doing themselves a disservice to to financially pay a manager to uh you know uh, the year mark is what yeah. we, that's kind of the the time frame that we look at what all is there you dude that was such a pot of gold you just dropped on people because here's the thing you know a lot of what people people are looking for the answers when someone's asking i think i want to get a manager usually they have no idea what's involved with the manager which you know we'll get into that in just a second but like most people don't realize what they have to do to get a good manager let's talk about you know you know if sure. if a manager isn't requesting the things that you're talking about, they're probably not all that good yeah. at a bare minimum yep. because they people who can spout off what you just did and great fucking knowledge, dude. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that people need to understand and realize is that these are the benchmarks. Here's your benchmarks. Mm-hmm. Work to that. If you can work to that, then yeah, you're on the right path and you probably have the dedication that you need. You know, anyone can sit here and say, well, I do have the dedication. I just need people to support me. It's like, well, Mm. but do you have the work to show for it? Do you like what are ultimately you don't need man? If you, you can go on Fiverr and get, you know, the graphics and the branding stuff you don't need. Don't give, don't give a manager 20% equity of what you're doing. Uh, you know, when those same things that, that baseline benchmark can be accomplished with freelance, getting up freelance people, you can get th- those same baseline resources and get everything in place to make yourself much more marketable and, you know, a easier pitch to management. You'll know when you're there, when you're comfortable with like, this is like, I have it all laid out. This is a comprehensive project that I can sell to somebody with confidence. And I'm, I'm not going to be there tomorrow stressing about shit that I need to do within the same year, having a complete package. And again, like you, you're going to save yourself. You're not going to give up part of what your passion project is by by free getting freelancers and and stuff do do all that do all that yourself and with the guidance of of you know friends and and connections through the industry but before you until you before you commit to somebody taking equity and ownership of your project uh oftentimes people just jump the gun on that there's a lot more that you can set in place uh, just yourself very easily with very mm-hmm. accessible resources to where you, you haven't given up you know, part of what you're working on when you, when you have don't need to yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you nailed that perfectly. What, what does your day to day look like when you're dealing with artists? Um, I mean, we could maybe even point to like someone like Noah because Noah's, you know, Noah's a different breed. Um, he's a, he, I mean, he should be way more successful than he is. Mm. Um, and I think he's going to be very, very successful. But what does it look like when what's the day to day look like when you're ma- managing someone like Noah? What are your tasks to either keep him on track or book him shows? What does that look like? Yeah, well, um, Noah makes it extremely easy. Um, he's actually not my most labor intensive client just because he, he's been doing this so long that he makes it quite, quite easy. The main thing for Noah right now is shopping labels, which uh, is is and to any producers listening to this this is a very 
difficult time both seasonally and just like uh, just in this uh, this period of time generally in in the industry. But labels are a bit of a crapshoot right now. But he's just sitting on on so much content and and uh, a lot of it is just emailing labels, sending out demos, and trying to get his tunes locked in. Um, I'm incredibly advantaged by being a promoter um, that I get to book him for any pretty much any show in central texas that he wants to play so that comes very easily to me so i have to send a lot less emails than i normally would to promoters in texas or whatever state a manager might be operating in um <clears throat> to try to get him gigs um but it's it's basically just frequent follow-ups calls texts um you know pinning down what what content looks like for the week uh, what labels we're shopping um you know what shows we're, we're booking out um and uh um I think that is challenging for Noah, Noah's project in particular, because he has so many, he has, you know, wife and kids, he has Mm -hmm. a life and a a, a career, um, and, uh, generating content and, and this partially comes from, uh, uh, I'm not going to age him right now, but, um, (laughs) you know, being, being, uh, the branding is such a huge thing, but, you know, being active on TikTok and generating these brands and, and across platforms that just keep sprouting up. Um, is incredibly important for him. So that's a big initiative for us to get him in a consistent schedule um, where he's engaging with his fans as much as he can and finding new ways to um, be the dubstep dad and uh, t- <laughs> take on that, take on that flair. Uh, that's, that's, that's the goal with him. And, and that's what we're more pred- uh, predominantly working on. Um, how, how do you deal with a, I maybe maybe difficult isn't the right word, but let's say you've taken on an artist that you thought was a a, a good bet to make, um, and they're starting to not be that. Maybe it's through workflow, right? You're not noticing. Oh, well, they're not putting out enough tracks. They're um, they're not. Ju- they're just not doing the work that they need to do. What are you doing to try to manage that and deal with that? How are how do you approach either trying to encourage them or are there any suggestions that you may make to be like, Hey, you should try this to, you know, get the workflow, tighten it up a bit and start writing more. Yeah. I think it's a healthy combination of, of we have a very sophisticated backend structure where all of this can be laid out and uh, production and release schedules and social media schedules. Um, but uh, I have a generally pretty, pretty uh, lax pay, take it, take it as you want um, approach to that and how, how much my clients utilize that differs from client to client. Um, uh, but I, to some degree, I also operate on a, on a reciprocated effort spectrum uh, until I become concerned. Like I, what you give me is what you'll get back, you know, and that, and that creates an expectation that uh, it's, both parties are responsible. I, I have clients that are that are like, oh well, you know, this isn't happening for me. And I'm like, well, what what have you sent me this week? What 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 have you you know what are we working on right now? And uh, um, and they're like, well, yeah, I should have sent you this the other day. Well, yeah, 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 you should have <laughs> sent it to me now, and we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's uh, it, it it differs from client to client, and ultimately, um, being a, being a mentor and being someone that's easy to talk to and being a friend, uh helps me lay out those lay out those expectations and responsibilities in a way that is easily received and ultimately helps clients realize that 
you know, waste. I, I know I should have been doing this. So it kind of lights a fire on their ass in a very eloquent and uh, uh, relaxed way. Um, that's like, yeah, yeah, we've talked about this a ton of times. This is what I should have been doing, but I'm not upset with him because you're so damn nice about it. <laughs> um, but it's a combination of that. You, you give them the resources, same as, same as when you're a kid growing up getting into music, you, you lay out all the resources. Ultimately, they all have their client folder that they can revert to that has all the documents in place, um, for them to, they have their deadlines or supposed their plan deadlines that this is where things should be if we're operating at the volume uh and the effort that we want to be operating at these are all the things i should be doing it's all there for me written out um and uh and there's a verbal reminder if 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 you need it and uh you know if you approach me and say that you know why why isn't this happening you know where where is this um please revert back to your client folder but also let's talk about it right now Mm -hmm. It's a it's a two faceted. It's a I'm I'm your mentor and I'm here for you. Let's talk about it. And let's figure out why it's not happening or why it is happening. But ultimately, here it is on paper as well. And this is what we should be doing. How many second chances are you giving artists? It 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 depends entirely on the situation. Um, I had a client uh, not too long ago that went out to Denver to play at uh, Cervantes and um, uh, got wasted and uh was was saying some really derogatory things to the local djs playing before him and that's an immediate that's an unexcusable immediate uh dropping situation for me uh, as soon as he took my call back that was that was a wrap uh, ultimately um i'm a reflection on these guys it, right. it goes two ways and uh you know for in order to give my clients the best opportunities in in any city any state you know that that reputation goes a long way, and you're—I'll uh, be damned if somebody, uh, you know, um, acts uh, inappropriately or disrespectful or yeah. uh, anything sexual related, anything like that. That is that is inexcusable. One one and done. Um, yep. If it's far as not meeting a deadline or something like that, much more flexible. Right. But ultimately, you you weigh in how detrimental it is to the project and the person, and to you know the and myself. And uh, all encompassing, you know, how much damage has been done here, and um, and what facet is it? I, you know, deadlines m- much more, and ultimately in any anything you do professionally, and what I have let go of staff for the same reason, you know, does it become a habit? You know, mm-hmm. I I'd much rather someone mess up but take the initiative to do something they think that they were, you know, I, I know I should do this and I feel confident about it. Yeah, I do it. If you mess up that's okay. You know, you, you felt, explore what you, you know, that's a learning experience, but, uh, just, uh, repetitive, habitual fuck ups that are like, you know, something that just makes you question your character. I guess that's ultimately what it, what it boils down to. You get a lot more chances with me. If it's, if it's a mistake, uh, about how you operated business or, or how you produced music. But if it comes down to make, making me question your character or, you know, where, where you lie, where your morals are at, then there's really no second chance. Yeah. Four chance, three chances for <laughs> three chances for music related stuff for being a good human. One chance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's a, that's a really, I like that fucking response. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you need another one, yeah, just absolutely. go and yeah. dive right into that, into that cooler. But, yeah. uh, you know, this brings up a really good fucking point that I've been making for probably 
I can't, I get on these kicks. You could actually listen to the podcast and hear like these again, like we were talking about earlier, ebbs and flows and waves of like different topics or ideas and my either my style of interviewing or just my style of episode topics and probably for the last I think maybe 5 or 6 episodes I've been on a really big kick about discipline and um I think this is because I'm going through a really big phase through myself right now where I'm you know I I I I would like to argue that I've been a very disciplined person and seen that way I Thank you. I I appreciate that. I you know, I grew up wrestling, which is where I argue my entire mentality and discipline came from is through wrestling. Um I wrestled for like 8 years or so. I was a black belt um, when I was 14, so I I, tri- and, I tribute some of that to, yeah. Yeah, I I well I started jujitsu too back in awesome. tw- at the end of 2020. Um Oh, you're doing and, that right now? Yeah, that's yeah, amazing. It. Holy shit. So much fun. Nice. I fucking love it. It's that's, one of my If passions. I did it, if I did martial arts again, that's what I would Dude, what you would should do. if you ever want to Where do you where are you living right now? Um Brody and William Cannon South. Oh, dude, no shit. Yeah. Come to fucking Paragon. Do you know where Paragon is? No, no. It's right next to that Plant Fitness off of William Cannon uh, in Westgate. Okay, yeah. Dude, yeah. I'm up fucking go with me one yeah. day and I'll be your training partner. You get a you I think it's a one week one I think it's a one week trial that you can get. Dude, it is so much fun. I it is the it. best. It's when jujitsu is the the one thing right now that I can that I need to go do at least on a weekly basis. It's the one thing that I can Exercise, go. Exercise meditation, it crosses it off. Dude, well, I actually, I should show you. I have a, I just set up an ice bath in my backyard oh, and I'm getting, I need to, it's not fully done, but I'm getting a pump installed in the next week. And then once, cause it's cooling down, I don't need to get a chiller, but I'm getting, I'm going to install a chiller on it. Nice. So during the summer months, when it's nice. fucking 95 out, I can drop it down to 30 degrees. Nice. Well, like probably around 40. And do ice baths, and that's where I do a lot of my meditation stuff. I'm glad but, I I'm glad I hit the uh, podcast before that was built into it. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm fucking recording from the ice bath, just, just <laughs> we're doing an ice bath episode today. <laughs> I'm Justin, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, like jujitsu is one of the things that I can go do that complete meditative state. That like I'm I don't think about anything else other than whatever it is that I'm fucking doing during sparring or drilling. And it is so so if you're interested, dude, come out with me um, and we'll we'll go fucking train. It is such a fucking blast. You're right there, too. I mean, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. I would love you to add it throw, to the text, the text list, yeah. the, the recap list. Well, yeah. I've had so many ex-girlfriends that have have uh gotten you into trouble <laughs> well that too that too that too but a, a, a commonality is always how are you not uh, my ability to be chill as cool as a cucumber in most situations uh, amaz- uh pisses off a lot of women in my life <laughs> how are you not i, I just why want you, you to be pissed off right now <laughs> why are you getting ups- yeah why are you getting as upset as i am right that's the, probably the opposite. Realistically, with dude, Marty is like very. She can keep. She keeps her fucking She's cool a corner, a lot. Yeah. I can get very hot headed at times. Yeah. I'm like, not even like. It's more situational. Like I was literally yesterday. I was trying to put my DJ controller 
away into my closet and I couldn't get it in. I was like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? Why the fuck is it this way? <laughs> it's caveman was, mode. Yeah, caveman, yeah, caveman, dude, that is genius. <laughs> dude, trademark that. That is hilarious. <laughs> caveman mode is exactly where I went where I was like, what the fuck? But, uh, but jujitsu is like that thing that I can go do that like any stress that I've had, if I'm feeling very stressed, I'm like, I gotta, I need to go to jujitsu. I should live there. I, I, I gotta go there. And when I go, like, that's the time. And actually, funny enough, get, if you want to get superstitious, yep. any time that I have gone to jujitsu where Marty has not told me, have a good time, I've had a terrible time. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. The other night, every day. And have I you told, told her? She needs I told to know. Her, no, I told her that. And so she tells it to me every time. And I had in the first time in months, if not a year, I went to jujitsu while she was gone. And so she didn't say that to me. And I had a horrible fucking, I came home and I was like, I just got my ass. Now I, I always go in expecting to get my ass kicked, but I got my ass kicked particularly hard that day. And I just came home and then shit wasn't going. How dare my you now? This is your fault. This is your fault. No, I would never say that. I would never say that, but yes, it was still it was still like a fuck all this shit. She would tell me, she would ask me something, and I'd be like, I don't fucking know. Like I'm just like, I'm just like fucking miserable. But you know, speaking to the you know, the discipline thing that I've been really going through over the past few months, I've realized, you know. I, you know, I preach a lot about the things I talk about and I, I assume, and I think that I have really good discipline, but I think my discipline has lacked severely probably within the last three, ah, no, yeah, probably within the last year. And then before that, it was probably three in around 2018 it was probably two or three years before that. So it's kind of like, you know, ebbs and flows, flows waves. Every part of your life will yeah. be recognizing and, that is the yeah, most important thing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think I, I, I wasn't the same fucking person. I'm 26, about to be 27. And, you know, before I started this business, I was going through a rough time with production and I was 22, 21. And I just didn't, you know, my frontal cortex was not developed. I wasn't thinking the right way. And I, I, I did I didn't have the same thought process as I do now. And so now that I'm like kind of I, I feel like I'm a a, a fuller person. Mm -hmm. I am more of who I am meant to be and I can understand my mistakes in the past. Statistically and I, you are entirely. Yes, yeah. yes, you're you're right. And so discipline has become a deeper part of my life. Like, you know, I'm waking up an hour earlier each day to just get in and start working on little minute stuff mm -hmm. for music, like building loops and, and working on samples and working on sound design. And that helps. I've noticed that alone starting same something, thing, not overloading yourself, like start start small. And it'll, so ex yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. And I've already noticed like a distinct difference in my production style because I have these original things that I'm working with and that are so much more fun to work with. But then also it starts the day off so much better when I get to work on something creative mm -hmm. and fun. And then when I started building this ice bath, I was like, well, I need to wake up earlier. So I'm like, now I'm waking up at like close to six 30 nice. to start the ice bath start working on music and then I start work like my actual day job around like eight 30. So like, I'm almost That's a good up. routine. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, it has done my mood doing the ice bath has increased 
like my productivity and mood has increased so much more, but then also starting something creative and fun before I actually do the grind has just, it just improves everything even more. So I'm like, I'm almost addicted to this. Well, when my alarm hits fucking six thirty, six forty five, get the fuck up because you mm. know it's gonna suck for the first ten minutes. But once you get over that hump, the rest of your day is gonna be so much better. It is gonna be so good. You're gonna have a good day, even shit that might not go your way. You're you're gonna breeze off so much easier. And I've noticed a distinct difference in that sort of stuff. And it gets even better when I go work out at the gym or I go jujitsu. So that discipline is huge. It's it's fucking everything. Having that's why the, I still have a day job, it, a, a nine to five. I uh, you know there's so many of my peers operating in the music industry that are waking up at four p.m. and and you know going through the motions with it, and they're like, so many oh, producers I'm, do that, and DJs. Oh, every, yeah, full, full of, it covers the gamut. Most the majority of people operating in the music industry, from artists to promoters to agents, whatever it might be, are are you know in a very toxic. Uh, routine <clears throat> wondering why they're so unhappy and i'm the subject don't the reason why i still have a nine to five and um granted it's a good situation for me but um you know i i am very susceptible to the same routine i i cannot let myself it's important for me because i know that i'm the type of person that will get swept away into it yeah. and be the guy waking up at 4 p.m mm -hmm. pissed off wondering where my day went and i'm not willing to let myself do that so yeah the discipline too to be able to here's the thing like i think everyone should have fun especially artists like when you've worked so hard to get to a certain goal and you're either supporting certain acts or you are headlining shows like you do in my opinion you have the right you have you earned the right to have some fun Absolutely. the issue is when they start the fun before their job has even started and realistically your job is there to entertain thousands of other people that are going to buy a shit ton of drinks at the bar. They're going to sell tickets, all that stuff. So, um, ideally like save your fun, have the discipline to get through your shit and have fun afterwards. Yep. But even afterwards, have some fucking discipline to not go too far. Cause you'll, you'll, you'll backtrack the entire way from all that. What you just proved on stage? Yep. You're, you're that asshole blackout at the bar afterwards. You're, you're right back. You're, you're worse than before you got on that stage. 100%. And you have, again, like what we were talking about, like you never know who you're going to meet, who you're going to put on for a show that ends up being on fucking wild now and <laughs> big on TikTok. Like you never know who you may meet in the crowd that might realize, get like, they get a deeper look into you when you've been fucking drinking and you're yep, like yep. letting some shit spew out and you never know who the fuck you're talking to. And years later, when you need something from them, they're going to remember Absolutely. that first interaction. So there is a, you know, there's a big fucking point to that discipline, like having the wherewithal and discipline of just have your shit together, like yep. know that. I need to get a track done this week. So I probably, when I'm done with my show at one in the morning, I should probably at least just go home and go to bed so yep. I can wake up at 10 AM and start working. Like you'll feel way better too. If you get your shit shit done, departing and stuff, it, it feels a lot fucking better. If you know that you've gotten, at least in my experience, if you know, you've gotten yeah. your shit done and you, shout out again, once again to my dad, but that's like the, his motto of grow, growing up with me and, I party a lot in high school and stuff, but he was so like, <laughs> but I also got straight A's. He was like, if you, if you have your, I don't care what you do, man. But if you, if I care a lot, 
what you do if you haven't done the shit you're supposed to do first. Take care of take care of business. Take care of what you're supposed to do, and then enjoy yourself. And yeah. that that is fine. Do do things in moderation. Don't get carried away. But you know you have the fucking right to to have some fun if you have crushed everything that you were supposed to do that day. And that that is true for art. That's absolutely true for artists. Anybody, any professional. Yeah. Uh huh. And the you know I I do think hard work is important, but you know hard work has been like crammed down the fucking throats of people you know with gary v and just anyone grant card i'm not a big fan of grant cardone i do respect gary v and i like him but they're like you gotta fucking grind daily i push back against that because i think balance yeah there's big balance like you really do need balance and i th- i i've actually noticed with gary v he's toned back more on the grind mm. and more has pushed has pushed more for the like the balance lifestyle what makes you happy do that sort of thing and um it's all it's all balancing act in anybody's life yeah and 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 i resist the urge to say you have to work hard because i don't think that's what it is i think it's the discipline to do the work that you need to need to do and you know maybe i'm just most people know most people are aware of what they should be doing what they need to do to get where they want to be yeah 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 and that's Maybe. where management comes in. It's like, I'm going to hold you to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we both know where you want to be. Yeah, we yeah. both know what you need to do to get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. know, you know, yeah. management's going to give you a hard time when you haven't get, got hit this deadline and, uh-huh. and there you are wasted on Zig street. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. For, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it's, you know, and maybe I am playing semantics when I'm saying, oh, you work hard discipline. But I think like, I think discipline is better because in my opinion, you know, it's I mean, I guess you do work hard in a relationship to maintain a healthy one, but but I, I think like you can work hard for a week and not do anything after that and you no longer work hard. Mm-hmm. Discipline is like a lifestyle. Like to be disciplined means that you're you're someone to trust on or you, you're someone to trust. You can rely on that person mm-hmm. and you know that they are every time, even if they don't need to work hard, they're going to do what they need to do. So like I, I think discipline is the better word to use, and I think a lot more people need to be more disciplined. Whether that's you know not getting fucked up at every show they go to or every party they go to, or if it's just wake up extra early so you can work on sound design. Like there's little things you can do. It doesn't mean that you have to do all in one. It doesn't mean you know starting on Monday you have to not get fucked up at every show. Uh, sound. Wake up early to do sound design. Finish a track every single. You don't need to do all of that in one, but adding little small things that improve your your lifestyle and what you're doing over time, as well as you know turning things into a better, healthier habit. That's what makes the big differences. Big difference where you know in two years where you're going to be at trajectory skyrocket. It's it's. And a lot of people have a really difficult time taking those things in bite-sized pieces where it's yeah, like yeah. people and I'm I'm preaching to the fucking choir when I was younger. Like I wanted to every time I wrote a fucking track in the studio when I was two years in to writing music, I wanted it to be a hit. That's not realistic. So well, I need ten more did. before we're even pitching them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's so it, you, you really got to like take a step back, slow the fuck down and just take things in bite sized pieces, but not beat yourself up. Yeah. Not fucking beat yourself up. I think that might be it, man. 
You got anything right. else you wanted to? No, this has been we've amazing, been doing, man. I think this we've been, 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 do, I think been, we've been hitting it for like two hours now. Really? Holy yeah, shit. Let me see. Let me, what time is it? Close to two hours. Wow. Hour and a half or so. All right. Yeah, it goes quick when you're fucking. It does, yeah, yeah. When you're in a good grind and a good, yeah, good yeah, motion. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that I may have had questions on, but I mean, your first fucking answer when I was like <laughs> with the management, like, what are you looking for, dude? That is some a golden piece nugget. I'm get, oh. definitely gonna snip that out to put it as a little preview. But yeah, um, yeah. Do you have anything to plug? Anything you wanted to mention? No, I'm just uh, you know, I had never envisioned uh this being the trajectory of my life really and uh moving to austin not knowing a single person has just been being adopted by this community and um you know ultimately i I, i'll say it in in such a toxic environment where people are so shallow being a person that um that has integrity and is accessible and is looking out for the little guy um you know be a good person and work hard and and people want to see you win and i stand by that and uh I believe in long-term outcomes. So um, just because you sacrificed five minutes or, you know, inconvenience yourself or whatever it might be, you know, don't, don't think uh, because you're not getting immediate satisfaction that it wasn't worth it for you. So continue to be a good person and, you know, uh, spread, spread the goodness and uh, look out for each other. And ultimately that is what is going to elevate the EDM community and everything that we're doing. So I hope, Everyone does that. I hope uh, I will continue to do that. Please reach out to me if if you need guidance at all. And uh, I love you all. Awesome. Dude, Justin, thank you so much. I'll have your socials up on the show notes. Do you want to shout out your socials real quick for Viridian or Kingdom? Uh, there's, oh shit, there's too many. Uh, mark, mark my words, Prime Night Cult, Kingdom Nightclub, Viridian Management. Should be the same across all platforms. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll have all of what we discussed in this episode in the show notes for you guys to check out. Head to enviousaudio.com slash episode 95. Thank you so much, Justin. Thank you. And I'll talk to you later, man. Take care. Bye.